Let's compare and contrast the Obi-Wan Kenobi series on Disney Plus with the film Logan. So first thing I wanna get into is that this really isn't a show uh, today that's a review or a reaction to Obi-Wan Kenobi or Logan. That's not the point of today's show. So if that's what you're looking for, you should tune into tonight's show because that's where we're gonna get really more into that. What I'm trying to do today is I'm trying to compare the two stories. What's up, Theme Park Casual? Theme Park Casual is in the chat. Um, good to see you. Today what we're doing is we're comparing Obi-Wan Kenobi and Logan because what I'm trying to understand from a storytelling viewpoint is what about these shows is different. Um, Rogue Disney in the chat says that Logan is way better than Kenobi and I <laughs> agree, but we're gonna try and figure out why that is. So Rogue Disney, the reason why we're comparing them is because we're trying to figure out from a storyteller's perspective, as a person who tells stories, I'm concerned about this, what is the difference between the two? How can we break them down to understand why one is so much better than the other when they're so similar? So we're gonna get into that. If you have comments, you can leave them in the, in the comments and we'll, we'll get into that more so as we go through this. Both stories are very popular. Logan has slightly better reviews and Kenobi has been far more polarizing. And I think that through this analysis, we can kind of see why some of that is. So we're gonna talk a lot about what emotions and thoughts each one of these stories produces in the audience. Because when I look at a story, one of the things I'm trying to accomplish is I'm trying to figure out what emotions am I feeling? What thought processes are being brought up in my head? And a lot of times that makes me like or dislike the story. That happens in both of these stories as well. So let's start by comparing the setups. I did that a little bit in the intro, but let's compare the setups of these stories. In both stories, we have an older, depressed hero that is somewhat removed from society. Obi-Wan's removed from society on Tatooine, and Logan is removed from society uh, in Logan. He's taking care of Professor X. Both have very working class jobs, right? They're, Obi-Wan is now doing, you know, working in a meat processing plant of some kind on Tatooine, while Logan is actually serving as a chauffeur. He has a limousine that he drives. Um, so both are in a very different place than they were in their hero days. This is not a character who we're looking at in their hero days anymore. This is a character that we're looking at post all of those things in a very older, depressed sort of state. Obi-Wan is watching over Luke while Logan is a caretaker for Professor X. So Logan's a little bit more of an intense caretaker for Professor X than Obi-Wan is for Luke because Obi-Wan's somewhat removed from Luke and just kind of overseeing what uh, Uncle Owen and Aunt Brew are doing with Luke. Everything about both of their former lives, both Logan as Wolverine, former Wolverine, and uh, Obi-Wan both of their former lives have completely fallen apart. The Empire has taken over the galaxy, so that is the Jedi Council is completely fallen apart. There's no such thing as the X-Men anymore, so Logan doesn't have a group of people to belong to, and the world seems to be a much darker place than it was back when the X-Men were all heroes. Not to mention that Professor X himself is mentally falling apart and having trouble in that regard. So everything about both the lives of Logan and Obi-Wan have basically fallen apart. Then Obi-Wan is asked to save Leia. So Obi-Wan is called to save Leia. Leia gets into trouble, is kidnapped. Obi-Wan is then called to save Leia. Now, Logan is actually asked to save Laura. <laughs> There's a lot of L names. Logan is asked to save Laura because Laura is in trouble and Laura is a mutant and does not know what to do. Both 
are then pursued by enemies, which we're going to get into as well. Both are pursued by enemies. But there are some really, really big differences here that we need to talk about. Because as Rogue Disney is saying, there are some pretty big differences into the way that people are responding to Kenobi versus how some of the people are responding to Logan. So what are these big differences and what kind of cognitive dissonance, dissonance and emotional dissonance are they creating in the people who are watching? Well, let's talk about that. Um, one of the biggest things is that there is still more of Obi-Wan Kenobi's story that we know. And not just Obi-Wan Kenobi's story, but some of the major characters in the Obi-Wan series. We already know what happens to them in the future. We do not know about what happens to Logan in the future. And I'll get into a little bit of the reasons why that is. But think about it this way. We have um, a, a whole another trilogy that we know occurs after the Obi-Wan Kenobi series in chronological time within the universe, and that is A New Hope, The Empire Strikes Back, and then Return of the Jedi. Kenobi, then, we know where his story is going. We know how Kenobi dies. We know that he dies at the hands of Vader later on in A New Hope. We know that he goes on to become a Force ghost. We know a lot of what happened to Kenobi. We also know what happened to Anakin, and we also know what happened to Leia. In fact, we have a ton of Leia content that comes after this particular series. We have no clue what happens to Laura. We have no clue what happens to Logan. We have no clue what happens to Professor X. Some of the biggest characters that the story actually cares about in Logan. Very, very different situations we have going on. Obi-Wan is sitting in the middle of things. Things came before it. Things come after it. But also you have, uh, of course, um, Logan, we don't know what comes after. Now, I do have to mention canon. Um, I do have to mention canon here because uh, it is important to say that canon is treated very differently in both of these universes. Um, first of all, in the Star Wars universe, canon became very, very important. We talked about this. I talked about this with Brian Dillon. Canon became very, very important in a way that it didn't actually need to. And let me explain what I mean by that. Disney came in, purchased Star Wars, and then did away with all of the existing things that had been a part of George Lucas's canon. There was the extended universe. And, and pretty you know that was a pretty complete universe already and disney came in and said those are all legends we're not actually adhering to any of the content that came before us and what that <laughs> what that made us do is that actually made us go okay then that means canon must be really important if you're saying that none of those things can exist in the new canon now why did they do that because obviously they wanted to tell stories in a different way than had been told in the extended universe canon but by focusing on canon they told all of the audience us included you really need to focus on canon because we're adjusting canon we're doing something very very different just keep in mind that George Lucas did not do that because George Lucas kept changing his movies, right? George Lucas said, ah, these movies are never really done. I'm going to constantly update them over time. And he added different effects. He changed slightly, some just a little slight things here and there. But George Lucas was saying, you know, canon's not that important. I'm going to change things on you. But then Disney came in and said, no, 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 no. Canon is really important. In fact, we can't have this EU stuff, so that's got to go. So here's what we, our new canon is, which means that as we're watching something like this, we're thinking a lot about canon. Now, in the comic book world, continuity is important. In storytelling in general, continuity is important. However, the comic book world has adopted 
the ability to say, we're going to have this out of continuity. We're going to do one shots. We're going to do We're going to do alternate universes. We don't have to abide by what is canon or what is continuity. We can actually change that and go in a different direction. So Disney has actually, <laughs> to a certain extent, forced us to consider canon to be more important than the comic book world has. Now, that changes a little bit as you get into the MCU, but keep in mind, Logan does not necessarily exist in the MCU, at least not yet. So Logan has a lot more flexibility to play here. So just a difference, because when I get into what we think and what we, the emotions we experience, keep in mind what that looks like, because these look very, very different depending. But like I said earlier, we already know what happens to Anakin. We already know what happens to Leia. We already know what happens to Obi-Wan. Even Aunt Beru, who's a secondary character, and Uncle Owen, who's a secondary character, we already know what happens to them as well. There's only a few characters in the world of Star Wars, in the world of Obi-Wan Kenobi, that we don't know actually what happens to them next. The difference is we have no idea when the film Logan starts. We have no idea what happens with Logan, who's you know Wolverine, obviously. So we know a little bit of what came before, but we don't know what, what is happening later. We have no clue what Laura's story is going to look like, and we don't have any clue what Professor X's story is going to uh, look like. Not to mention, we have no idea what the villains and the enemies and their story is going to look like either. So that means that we're going to rely upon slightly different emotions when we're telling these stories. As storytellers, we can only do so much with these kinds of stories. So the first thing is, Logan can surprise and engage us in suspense in ways that Obi-Wan simply can't do, right? There's no way that uh, Obi-Wan can give the kind of suspense that Logan can give us because Logan is like anything could happen where we, we know some things cannot happen in Kenobi. We know that Leia can't die. We know that Obi-Wan can't die. We know that Anakin can't die. We know that Aunt Beru can't die. We know that Uncle Owen can't die. So that for a watcher, our emotions are somewhat, our emotions are somewhat satiated in that regard, right? Because we already know that's not going to happen. Uh, with Logan, we do not know that. So Logan can surprise and engage us in suspense in ways that Obi-Wan cannot. So that means that certain moments can hit us as viewers really, really hard. What does that mean? Well, just think about it this way. And I told you there's going to be spoilers for Logan. There are a couple things that happen in Logan that are very, very intense, including two huge character deaths. Professor X dies in Logan and Logan dies in Logan. Well, those are pretty hard hitting things. Because let's face it, if I, if I knew that they weren't going to die, then I would not carry the same level of suspense or tension that I carry. The whole time Ob or, uh, Logan is going through um, his whole character journey in that film, we are at the edge of our seats because he could die at any moment. Things could go really wrong at any moment. Laura could die at any moment. So that's a huge difference from what we're getting with the Obi-Wan series. And Obi-Wan does not have that luxury because the creators and storytellers who were told to write an Obi-Wan Kenobi story don't have the same luxury that Logan has of realizing that there's a lot of tension and suspense there. Obi-Wan then, what emotion is Obi-Wan relying upon? Now you can leave me in the chat, comment on what some of the emotions are that you felt while watching Obi-Wan. But just let me say this. Obi-Wan is predominantly relying upon nostalgia. Now, 
Logan also gets to have nostalgia because we know that Logan has been in other X-Men um, films. Now, Rogue Disney says in the chat, there were no stakes to the show. And that is also 100% true. There are, I'll, I'll say it this way, there are very low stakes because the only characters who we can maybe care something about that could possibly die, which there's, you know, maybe one that does, Tala, um, is not a character that we've watched for long, long periods of time. Whereas when we're watching Logan, Logan we've watched for decades. We've, we've seen Hugh Jackman as Wolverine for decades um, when we see him in Logan. And so we're carrying a lot of emotion with us. So both stories can rely upon nostalgia. Nostalgia being the uh, former feelings that we have for these characters and these environments that we're bringing to the story. So Logan has that. And Obi-Wan has that as well, but what Obi-Wan doesn't have is some of that tension and some of that uh, that shock value, if you will, as well. So the big thing that happens here is that Logan, we have big concerns for, but in Obi-Wan, we have smaller concerns. We have more curiosity than we have suspense. What happens? Why does it happen? It also does something that's really, really interesting, and is it actually turns on our thinking brain instead of our emotional brain. Now, why? So when our emotional brain is turned on, we're sitting there going, like, what's going to happen next? I'm feeling something. When our thinking brain is turned on and we go, well, I know, I know Obi-Wan's not going to die, and I know that Leia's not going to die. So now my thinking brain is turned on instead of my emotional brain because I'm, I'm not being asked to engage in my emotions as much. What does that do to me as an audience member? It makes me think about how does this affect canon? How does this affect the future? How does it affect the past? I'm not taken into an emotional state. I'm left, as a storyteller, you got to be very careful here because now I'm thinking through my head like, are you getting it wrong as opposed to what am I feeling when these things are happening? Now, the feeling of nostalgia is pretty big at some moments in Obi-Wan and it capitalizes on that as well. We had a, in episode five, my personal favorite episode, we had moments where there were flashbacks to Obi-Wan and Anakin interacting back in uh, Coruscant. And so those emotions, those nostalgia emotions can rise up in us. Um, and we can do things where we turn off our thinking brain. Now, some people will not turn off their thinking brain as fast as others. And that's totally fine. You can't control that as a storyteller. But for example... I mean, Anakin looks like a 40-year-old guy. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm over 40, so I know what this feels like. Um, and so because of that, but because we love the emotions of the scene, we love the throwback, we go, it's okay that you didn't use a lot of de-aging on Anakin. It's fine. I'm just happy to see Anakin in this moment. I'm happy. I'm experiencing nostalgia. It's fun to see this moment. We know they're not going to die in that, in, that, in that battle between each other. So that, that's not something that's going through our minds. But it's harder to disengage your thinking brain. If, if we were worried about Vader or, or, or I should say Anakin or Obi-Wan dying in those scenes, then we would have a very different response to what was going on on screen. But we know that they're fine. We know that they're fine. So we're just happy to see them back in these moments. And it's a very, very different lived experience for us. So what I mean by that is they can't, Obi-Wan's storytellers cannot engage us in giant emotional moments where we're terrified or where we are uh, overjoyed that someone barely made it out. Why can they not get us there? Because we know these characters are not going to die. We know these characters don't have 
big emotional places to go to. So it's so you're playing on a very different thing. And because of the the whole thing about how much canon matters, and Disney has told us that a lot of canon matters, that engages our thinking brain more. And we're wondering, like, well, how does this fit in? Why does this fit in? Should I worry about this? Should I not worry about this? And we're now concerned with thinking through canon more so than we are enjoying the show emotionally. Um, also, Rogue Disney said that in uh, Kenobi, they should have had Jar Jar, which would have been a really cool moment. I am really glad that we got some of the moments that we did get, um, which are really good. But again, they're mostly relying upon nostalgia in those moments. Uh, Theme Park Casual says, I would have liked to have seen the tension of Obi-Wan wanting to leave having to kill to protect and, and silently helping Luke to become who he is destined to be. Now that's a big deal. And I'm glad you brought that up theme park casual, because one of the things that uh, is very important in, in the difference between Logan and Kenobi is how serious the story is. Now, Logan has an R rating. Kenobi has probably a PG rating at, at worst. The difference in where they're able to go with the seriousness of their story, as Theme Park Casual is referring to here, is huge. Now, why is that? Well, for one thing, the stakes, as Rogue Disney pointed out earlier in the chat, the stakes are far higher in Logan. We talked about that because we don't know what's going to happen. But Logan also has an R rating, which allows the storytellers to showcase things that Obi-Wan is not going to be able to ever showcase. Now, that doesn't mean that there's automatically more tension or more emotion but it does mean that the that the storytellers can play with additional emotions that Obi-Wan probably can't play with. And this is a big deal for storytellers. So because James Mangold and his team, when they made Logan, were given the ability to have an R rating, they were able to do things that add shock value, that add tension, that add worry for us. Now, how are they doing that? Well, as Theme Park Casual points out in the chat, Obi-Wan is depressed, but there's not a lot that he's doing. He's experiencing fear and depression, and those are the two main emotions that he's experiencing. The result of those emotions is him just being a hermit, which makes him inactive, which we'll talk about in a minute. He's very inactive or reactive, but Logan, <laughs> Logan has an R rating, and Logan can take his depression... And Logan can take his uh, his worry and his fear and turn it into a lot of anger. And what does that do? It shows us things that we cannot believe that Logan is doing. So there's a scene in Logan, for example, where uh, these these guys are partying and uh, he's driving them around. He stops the the limo. Um, they get out and there's a giant fight. Now, what we would see, now, you know, if this were on Disney Plus, that fight would be like, you know, you kind of see them hitting each other. There's like some some rough housing maybe, but that's where it ends. James Mangold has an R rating he's playing with. So what does he do? He has this extremely violent battle where Logan does pull out the claws and goes to town on these guys. Uh, it's very, very violent, very bloody, very intense. Now, as an, as an audience member, we get to experience another couple set of emotions that we're not able to get to in Logan, or sorry, in, in Kenobi. Now, why is that? Because we are, one, shocked at what we're seeing on screen, which is an emotion that I keep bringing up. But we're also kind of disgusted, right? We're kind of disgusted with Logan because we've always seen Logan as a hero. We're like, we can't believe that you just stuck your claws through that dude's skull. 
So there's a level of disgust, but there's also a level of, whoa, this is really intense and I need to pay more attention because whatever Logan has going on in his life is really impacting him in a way that I have never seen before. So again, having an R rating doesn't automatically add more tension. There's plenty of PG, PG-13 movies that have a lot of tension, but it means that the storytellers can take us places that Kenobi storytellers will just never be able to. So the final thing, a couple of final things I want to do is I want to compare the actual characters and the things they're going through. And this is some of the things that um, Rogue Disney and Theme Park Casual have talked about in the chat. And thanks for joining me, guys, because it's really fun to have some interaction there in the chat. Just so you know, too, I can't see all of the comments in the chat. For some reason, um, StreamYard is not showing me every single comment. So I'll try to get to whatever to whatever I can. <laughs> um, but I... I uh, I want to get into a comparison of the lead characters because I started talking about this already. And this is really, 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 really important. When you are telling a story, generally speaking, you want to be able to have characters who have agency and characters who want to take action. Okay. So Obi-Wan kind of doesn't want to do anything. Obi-Wan is doing everything that he does out of a reluctance to do it. Now, we as an audience under, maybe understand that reluctance, but generally speaking, it is harder for the audience to get behind characters who do not want to act, right? What's the difference with Logan? Logan is far more active. Obi-Wan is trying to remove himself, be a hermit. Logan is trying to actively combat people so that he can protect Professor X. Talked about what he did to the guys with the limo when they pulled over the limo. But also, Logan has another goal. What's Obi-Wan's goal? Stay hidden, do nothing. Logan's goal is actually very active. He wants to get a yacht and sail Professor X out into the middle of nowhere so Professor X can't hurt anybody because as Professor X loses his mental capacity, he's going to hurt more people. So Logan is active from the beginning. He's working a job so that he can get Professor X out, and he's willing to do pretty much anything to protect for Professor X and protect himself. Obi-Wan is really just doesn't want to do anything and wants to stay inactive and or reactive. So we get behind characters who are active and those characters draw us into the storytelling. So personally, now you can let me know in the chat, Theme Park Casual and Rogue Disney both seem to prefer Logan over Kenobi. You can let me know if you're watching this later on today or, or some other time in the future, you can let me know which storytelling style you prefer. I prefer Logan. Now, I have some uh, issues with the storytelling in Logan. I'm not pretending that I don't. But generally speaking, Logan, in my opinion, gets us to places as an audience where we want to feel uh, you're, I don't know about you, but I'm devastated when Professor X dies. It is, it is emotional when the characters face the consequences that they're facing. Even when you see Leia, you know what Leia is going to go on to become. Maybe Obi-Wan isn't the one that brings out some of those heroic qualities in her. But Laura, we have no idea where Laura is going to go. She's a very tormented kid. And so when Logan deals with Laura, there's extra added tension. You'll notice, too, that Obi-Wan cares deeply about Leia. And there are some moments where they're arguing with each other. But nowhere near the kind of arguments that Logan and Laura are getting into. Which, again, is creating more conflict between those two characters, which is adding more tension to the story. Um, there, I'm going to do a separate video at some point in time. There is uh, a big piece of the Star Wars fandom and fans in general 
who don't really want conflict in their stories anymore. They just want everything to like work out nicely. I'm not saying that's wrong. You can want that. But historically, the reason that we like stories so much is because they, they contain lots and lots of conflict. So it's actually a different storytelling technique to sort of remove conflict from stories. Um, and I'm, I'm still kind of puzzled with how to deal with that. So I will be talking about that at some point in time. But for now, let's just stick to Logan and Obi-Wan. But I do think that there's a component where we just want everything to turn out okay. Or some fans, I should say, not we. But some fans want Obi-Wan to just everything to turn out okay, which is interesting to me. So the question to you is, which story do you prefer and why? And I would love to know, too, what were some of the emotions that you felt while you were watching Logan? And what were some of the emotions that you felt while you were watching Obi-Wan Kenobi. For me personally, uh, the only time I ever got to a place where I felt more tension and more like engagement in Obi-Wan was in episode five. Now, the reason for that is largely nostalgia, but I had also grown pretty attached to the character of Tala. Tala is by far my favorite character in the Obi-Wan series, more so than Obi-Wan, more so than Leia, more so than Anakin. I really liked Tala's character because Tala had a lot of conflict in her. And I think that Indira Varma did a really good job of showcasing that tension that was in her to the point where she was even willing to save the uh, little rebellion that had started, save the Jedi um, by uh, sacrificing herself in order to do that. I liked that a lot. It gave more stakes. As Rogue Disney was talking about earlier, there were more stakes. If people are willing to die for this to occur, then the stakes tend to be higher. But in general, I experienced way more emotions and uh, engagement in Logan than I did in Obi-Wan Kenobi. Why? Because Logan has, I don't know where it's going to go next. It was very intense. It was uh, causing me to wonder if people were going to survive. And some of them did not. And that was really, really interesting and made me engaged uh, as an audience member. Uh, last last uh, comment I'll read from Rogue Disney before I close out this show. Thank you, Rogue Disney and Theme Park Casual for joining in. Rogue Disney says they should have just made a show about Inquisitors hunting Jedi and Kenobi is just in the background like an apparition taking out Imperials uh, and building up his myth. Yeah. In fact, uh, I was talking to... Um, Nerd Soul, Michael Young, Nerd Soul. Um, I was talking to him on his show when we were talking about uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi episode five, really three, three through five. And one of the things that he said was that if you were going to have a show that covered this era of Star Wars and you were going to have Reva as a character, Reva should have been um, the main character of that show. And it was all about her. Um, figuring out how she was going to exact revenge on Vader. Not a show about Obi-Wan where she appears <laughs> and then we re it's revealed to us that she wants to have revenge on Vader. Actually, make the entire show about that would have been far more interesting. And then you could have had Kenobi, like, like Rogue Disney, saying as a background character or something. Similar theories as to what Rogue Disney and Nerd Soul uh, were saying there. And I actually really, really like those kinds of thoughts. Let me know more about the, the emotions you experienced. Which story do you think is better and why? The and why part is really important to me because I want to understand how your brain works so that we can become better storytellers together. Let me know all of those things in the comments. If you need a summer audiobook to listen to, I would love for you to read or listen to Death of a Bounty Hunter. 
If you're a fan of steampunk fantasy western mashups, we call them weird westerns, by the way, very similar to like a style of The Mandalorian in some ways, then please pick up a copy of our full cast audiobook, Death of a Bounty Hunter. It's about a desperate sheriff who will do anything to save his daughter and a bounty hunter who realizes he can no longer run from the truth. It's sort of like Red Dead Redemption meets Raiders of the Lost Ark with some badass female characters thrown in for good measure. A link to deathofthebountyhunter.com will be in the description. Please support the show by picking up a copy. That is it for today's show. If you have a topic or question you'd like for me to cover, please leave me a comment or shoot me an email at hi at reclamationsociety.org. I'd love to include your questions or topic ideas in a future show. Also, uh, Nerd Soul is in the chat and hopefully he will be joining me tonight to talk about Kenobi episode six. That's where I'll give you my review and my reaction. This was just talking about comparison of Logan to Kenobi. New episodes of the Story Geek Show drop every week on YouTube and on your preferred podcast provider. Wednesday is the official release date, but I record content throughout the week as well, so make sure you're subscribed on YouTube or on your preferred podcast provider to get notified of the latest content. Thanks for watching. Up next, like I said, Kenobi Episode 6 spoiler discussion, and then a series of shows on my favorite story thus far, the shirt that Nerd Soul is referring to in the chat, Stranger Things Season 4, by far my favorite content of the year thus far. Stay tuned for that, and I will see you on the next show. Bye.